Hey there, I'm Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. And this is Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. Where we buck the fear-based narrative and explore topics in a fun and unique way. All in service of personal growth. Welcome to this week's episode of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. I'm your host, Jeff. And I am Tatsu. And we're excited about this week's topic. Going into that masked man over there. We're talking about identity. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Multi-layered. Multi-layered. It's like Multi- a seven-layer dip of that word, huh? Yes. And then some. And then some, exactly. What else is hiding at the bottom of that tray? I don't, I don't know if they're ready for that. <laughs> I don't know. So when you think of that word, especially like, you know, in today's age, this idea of identity, what, what comes to your mind? Oh man, it, it, it brings up a lot of reflection on what I identified with growing up and what I took on just automatically, just from conditioning. Um, so growing up Japanese American, Japanese American male, uh, a baseball player, basketball player, uh, son, brother, middle child brother, uh, student, um, good person, um, non-religious was what was part of my identity too, because I didn't even understand what religion was to me. Um, Hamburger eater. <laughs> I used to love hamburgers. I still do. Um, a lot. And I could keep going. I could keep going, but I think uh, you get the gist of... Oh, oh also... Um, uh-huh. Hip-hop was an identity. I grew up with that music. It, it really resonated with me and... Um, especially in times of like breakups and times where I was frustrated, it helped me get through those times and it became part of my, part of my identity. Oh, and that's a whole different conversation, but yeah. So those are the kind of things that I did identify with, uh, before. How about, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I could relate to a lot of that. Um, I don't know if I've labeled the labels as clearly as you but yeah there's definitely you know white male only child (laughs) athlete of some sort um i think i don't know i think i had some teachers that called me dumb so there was definitely like not Mm -hmm. academically inclined Mm -hmm. relatively early age probably elementary school um uh single child you know only child so uh, a lot of that, whatever comes with that. Um, ironically, though, I never really, I don't ever really being mad about that per se. Uh, I do remember consciously like having a lot of friends, having the ability to invite friends on vacations that a lot of my friends weren't able to do, right? Got mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just hearing you talk, it's kind of like we inherit these labels, some not from our choosing, some just from being us 
Mm-hmm. And we live from these labels. And mm-hmm. we call it our identity. Right. And some we like, some we don't like, um, but they're there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like even now, sometimes the uh, the dumb jock, mm-hmm. you know, thing comes up, which is hilarious, right? Because I ended up playing pro tennis, right? So I don't mm-hmm. stereotypically think of dumb jocks, first off, at all. Um, but tennis would not be the number one list of that dumb jock tool if we were mm-hmm. right to that paradigm, right? But it's still there. It's still like embedded in something I've got to watch and notice. Now I can choose something different or laugh at the, you know, shred of evidence to prove that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still a part of the identity. Like you said, all of those things, right? You didn't necessarily say, oh, well, this is the biggest part or this is the smallest part, or you might not resonate with that as you did when you were a kid, but it's still a part. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the interesting thing about identity is while yes, we can choose our identities and how we relate to them and how we express those, um, there's also a little like subconscious like foundation there that we've inherited, um, some acknowledge and some not, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Because un- unless we're aware of those those identities, they may really be holding us back from evolving into the person that we actually want to become. And even like Laker fan, Dodger fan, right? I I, I grew up identifying with those too. Mm-hmm. But to what extent am I a Laker fan, Dodger fan? Is it to a point where I'll beat someone up who's not a Laker fan or Dodger fan in the game because I'm pissed off? Like is. Yeah. Is it going to, is it, where is, at what point is it holding me back? Yeah. Yeah. What point is that hindering our growth and our progress? Right. Right. Um, like I remember, um, younger, like pretty, pretty masculine male. Right. Um, but didn't even know what that meant. Right. I think it was just like a part of, I don't know, whatever I you know resonated with terrible 90s action movies right um and and took those on as my part of my personality or whatnot but now it's like sure i identify with as, as a male right but i'm also fully aware that everybody has masculine and feminine energy you know it might be one percent in one of those but there's always there's at least something right and it's a balance of well what are we empowering and why mm-hmm. like what do we need what does the people around us need in that conversation or that experience? And it's a, it's an interesting thing, right? I still identify as a man, no doubt about it, but I think much more than that, right? That simplified label, right? And whatever that lands and whatever people are thinking, because it can mean so many things to so many different people. I'm much more keenly aware of like the masculine and feminine energy and receiving and sending those energies on purpose. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I can see how my automatic is over masculine. Mm. Like if I don't think and I'm just reacting, it's very like masculine and over over masculine, right? Like no empathy, no sympathy, no listening, very aggressive, right? And for the most part, like there's no no need for that, right? Mm. So 
I think playing with our identities at whatever stage in life we're at or the different experiences, to your point, you got to be aware of that first to then play with it. But I think that's where the fun stuff comes. Because mm. at one point I was, quote unquote, just a male athlete. That's all I wanted. That's all I ever cared about. Mm. But there's so many of the layers now that I'm not just one thing. And I would argue, you know, I'm a Laker fan, Dodger fan, all the LA sports, right? But I'm almost like less of a fan now because I don't I don't prioritize that as I once did. Mm-hmm. And I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I I don't that's not the first ten things out of my mouth when someone says to scribe you. That's a nice that's a nice segue into so your current identity. What are the, what are the top things or qualities do you identify with, with now? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, follower of God would be number one, you know, a lot more spiritually inclined, uh, I call myself a Christian, but prior to that label, if you will, it's more of my relationship with God and being Christian like, which in my opinion is. Love, love God, love everybody, right? Mm. Treat everyone like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So it's an oversimplification, but to me it works, right? And coming from that place. And then you've got, you know, husband, father, friend, sports enthusiast, and, you know, curious person. You know, like that's it. Like mm. there's more, right? But in one breath, that's probably what I would say. Um, because those are the things that are important to me. Mm. Um, and there's other things I like to do, no doubt. There'd be like a B and a C, right? But to me, like those things are all funnel into those like broader categories. Mm. I love that, man. Yeah, there's there's that sense of meaning, deeper meaning that it, it sounds like you've, you've, you've chosen those things very intentionally because of the deeper meaning Mm. as opposed to like male athlete, you know, yeah, there is a meaning. There's definitely a meaning. There always will be. It's just you're, you're a different place in your life right now. Right. And so there are things that underlie that go, go before the male athlete. That's more important than the male athlete. Right. Yeah, no doubt, man. I think, you know, I, I do those things to connect with people, right? Like, yes, I love sports. Yes, I love exercise. But if I had to do them all by myself and there was never people, I probably wouldn't do those things nearly as much. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just goes back to loving people. And you love people. You can do a lot of those things. So that's just one one mechanism to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, considering, you know, how you grew up now and all the things in between. How about yourself? Very, very similar. First and foremost, spiritual being. You know, spiritual being experiencing this physical and spiritual experience. Uh, seeker, seeker, definitely a seeker of my own personal truth. Um, wanting to understand, but also knowing that I'll never know everything. Um, so that's always interesting to me. Um, 
I I identify as a person seeking freedom and love and unity. So whatever comes my way, if it's not unifying, then I've gone too far, for example. Like like the whole Laker Dodger example. Like I'm never going to bash someone else for liking a different sports team because that's not aligned with unity for me. You know. Um, it's all fun fun competition and all, but I mean it's not it's not that serious for me to to hurt somebody over that. Um, um and to your point about the masculine feminine as well, like uh, yes, um biologically I'm a I'm a male, yet I'm I do understand that I do have different energies as well. So someone who it's a being that has both energies and wanting to express both, wanting to share both and help others reach their highest potential by understanding both. Mm. So, you know, yes, I am a coach by profession, but it's more of like me being sort of like an ambassador of, of love and, and, and freedom and unity, you know, um, and then comes like son and then brother, friend, and those more the you know the the traditional obvious identities. But yeah, uh, I think it's very energetic that I identify with most, um, similar to you. Yeah, and like you know, we're obviously in this world of personal and professional development. We've done some inner work. And a lot of people have, which is awesome. Um, what's your experience like with other people and like understanding like how they identify, what they want, where they've been, where they want to go? What's your experience with others in this realm? I think a lot of confusion as to what they identify with. I, I, and I think it's because of the clash between conditioning and knowing oneself clearly. Yeah. And it's like, if all these other people have this and I want that, then that's what I identify with too. But it may not necessarily be who they truly are, at least how they go about doing those things or becoming that type of person. So I think there's a lot of confusion where it's like, yes, I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. But there, there's, there's a, a sense of like, um, like a lie underneath that. It's not, it's not true. Mm. You know? I, I, and like, and I could sense that when, when people are talking about what they want, you know. And it's just coming from the head. Mm. It's not coming from like deep down in, in their in their heart. Like you could feel it, right? Okay, I understand what you're saying. It makes sense, but I'm not feeling you. You know. So I think there is a lot of confusion as to the definitions of what these identities are, and where those definitions just adopted from conditioning, or did they choose the definitions? Well. Mm. What's your experience with 
with other people and their identities. Yeah, I think it's similar. I think it's expectations versus reality mm. um, or what who they think they should be and who they want to be. Mm -hmm. And even in that, there's so many uh, traps that we create for ourselves, right? Like a lot of times say, oh, I want to be this. And then before we even finish the sentence, we tell ourselves why we can't or shouldn't, right? Um, yeah, a lot of conditioning, I think a lot of inherited things. Um, again, some really good. It's not, it's not like it's good or bad, but just some things that we were born into that we didn't really choose. Like, I didn't choose to be, I mean, I didn't choose to be white. I didn't choose to be bald. Um, maybe I sped up that balding process, but nonetheless, I didn't choose it, right? So I think whenever that comes in, there's maybe an initial defensiveness or resentment towards those things. Yeah. Or maybe reasons why we feel like we can't be the other things. Mm. Uh, and I think, again, like, it goes back to like meaning and purpose. Mm. Like, you know, how, how can your identity support your purpose? Well, in order for that to be a relevant question, people have to understand their purpose on the planet. Mm -hmm. We were never taught that. Like never taught that in elementary school and middle school, high school, undergrad or graduate school. Mm -hmm. Nobody sat down and taught me, Hey, this is how you figure out your purpose in life. Right. So, Again, it goes back to like how we were raised and what was emphasized and all that good stuff. And then the people around us, mm -hmm. nobody's having those type of conversations that we're just going to most likely consciously or subconsciously accept the labels put on us. Right. And then build more resentment. And now we're just going to try to act out opposite of those labels. Right. And we didn't actually want that, but we know we hated this. Right. So now we're not where we want to be at all, but the thing we hated, the opposite of that is better than the thing we hated or strongly disliked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, while it might be better, it's not exactly probably who those people are. So I find a lot of people are lost in this carousel of... Uh, Unluted consciousness, hmm. right? For like, we think yeah. this way because of these dots that we've drawn, but yet we didn't actually examine the dots. We just kind of followed the path. Right. And it's easier to follow the path, right? Totally. And there's, there's, you already have a built-in pseudo community. So it's easier to be, to hide in a mass of people in a, in a group. As opposed to stand out on your own and, and and say that I'm different, and I and I choose to think differently, even though tradition of generations of my family ate this type of food or did it this way, like to stand out and say no, this isn't aligned with who I am. It's it, it could be very dangerous. You could get outcast from the family. Right? Yeah, which again, like as humans, we want to be loved mm -hmm. and we want to be liked. And all that good stuff. So that goes against the natural instinct, right? So it takes something of someone to to at least examine the path. Right? We're not saying, I mean, that could be the path, right? We have no idea. I don't have an idea. But it wasn't until usually from adversity 
and challenges that I am in the path. I'm like, hey, if I stay on this path, where am I headed? Do I want to head there? It's like, okay, maybe not. Okay, where would you like to head? And then why would you like to head there? Like, what was that going to give us, right? And so I think, I don't, I mean, there's a lot of people I know just in our world that do this kind of work, but I don't know if humans in general allow themselves to just be with each other and themselves in like a fun space. Like imagine like going to a paint class, but instead of painting, you're just in your head thinking. You can be journaling it too, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, like giving yourself freedom to think thoughts without having to act on them. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that that's that's super key because to be in an environment, well, first and foremost, to give yourself that space, that time to say, I'm not going to judge myself. I'm just going to think freely and just unpack stuff, process things. And then to start cultivating a community around you that's not judgmental of me as well. Mm-hmm. Because we're automatically conditioned to be judgmental and fear judgment. <laughs> yeah. If we don't behave, I'm gonna get punished. Yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get time out or grounded or whatever, right? Yeah. And that's like years. That's years of that going on. And all of a sudden we 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 gain this like self-awareness, like, hey, this isn't really who I am. But how do I go about doing that? How do I go about like becoming who I am? Yeah. That that is definitely, um, could be a very challenging, scary process. Yeah. And again, it goes back to, I think like, why would we, right? If things are fine, like I know a lot of people are fine. Mm -hmm. They're good. Hmm. When you peel back those onions mm-hmm. and the layers of the onion, you don't peel back onions, you peel back those layers of the onions, <laughs> start to see that like fine and good, underneath that, there's a lot of like hurt, disappointment, resentment, mm-hmm. and uh, settling. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have to do that, you know, what what would the desired outcome and roadmap be for that? Right. And... Right. You know, like you said, it's kind of a scary, scary thing for most people to dive into that and explore that because on the other side of that, potential failures, right? Um, you know, one step forward, two steps back, right? These things. Mm-hmm. Um, and good, it can be safer than great. Right, right. You know, like, and we had a, we had a conversation about this recently. I'm a 47-year-old male, single, not married, no kids. You know, get that, ladies? Single. (laughs) Healthy. Yeah. Healthy, full head of hair over there. Emotionally stable, happy. As long as you're not not on the golf course, you are emotionally (laughs) stable. That is right. As you were saying. (laughs) And... Just grow, growing up, the the conditioned belief was that I should be married and have kids and have a home and all of that, you know, 
by 40. And then even 40 would be late. Although my dad was a, was a good example of late is okay. And I'd get pressure from like my, my boss and, you know, like, Hey man, what are you doing? Why, why are you taking so long, man? Uh, your strike zone's too small, you know, all these things. And for me, it was just like, Oh, this is interesting. You know, it hasn't happened yet. Um, I don't feel aligned with anybody to take that step. Um, I'm just going to stay true to it, you know, and that, and that's, it's still a thing. It's still in the back of my mind. Like I'm supposed to be this way. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that by society's definition of a 47 year old male. Right. Um, and once in a while that, that thought of, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? You know, might come up, but it's not, it's not loud at all. It used to be louder for sure, especially in my mid thirties. But it's like, okay, well, it's because my identity has changed. My definition of who I am has changed and it's not going with the status quo. Obviously it's a different, unique path you know, that a lot of people aren't on, or maybe a lot of people are on, um, but not, not in my experience. So the people around me, for the most part, they, my friends, they, they have kids, they're married, they have the house and all that, you know? So it's, I think it's really important to stand firm with what you, what you identify with and choose what you identify with and actually redefine what you identify with. Nice. And that's tricky too, because the ego is very clever and manipulative too. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you, you know, as we, you know, wrap up this episode and, you know, this could be for someone who's totally new to this kind of exploration of identity or examining, or like you just hinted at like re-examining and re-evaluating like what would you suggest as like a something they could take on an action to just get that process started um oh man there's so much <laughs> there's so much work to do and always always work to do which is a good thing um i would suggest just to get that started um I think look look at the future. What does what does the the highest version of yourself look like? Like truly. Forget about the past, forget about the experiences, forget about all the the old relationships and all and just say if I could start over and I could build that ideal version of myself, what would that person feel like? What would they believe? Um how would they act? And just kind of sit, just paint that picture. Start there. How about yourself? Nice. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, I don't know. I'd probably maybe do like a little pie chart, you know, and have all these slices of your pie and say, all right, family, friends, money, health, um, split that any way you want, and all these different categories, right? Relationships. <laughs> And rate yourself out of 10, you know, just have an honest rating system. Um, and then say where you'd want to be 
and then maybe write out, you know, what would need to be different, what would need to change, what would my mindset need to be to make those shifts. Not necessarily actions, but just kind of mindset. Like, what are my beliefs that are in the way here? Or what is holding me back? And just call out the gaps and kind of like you're, you're, what you said, right? Like, not necessarily starting over, but here's your starting point. What would you need to close that gap of where you are and where you want to go in those categories? If at all, you might say, hey, I'm there. Great. Move on to the next one. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, but it gives you at least uh, an examination point, a time to reflect so that you can make adjustments one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love that. I, I think, uh, and having someone who you trust and, and you feel like comfortable with, look it over and just have a conversation about it is really important because oftentimes our own egos will come in and start messing with us and start like playing the small game. Yep. And so to have someone there to just reflect back from some things um, would be really good. 100% man. Awesome. All right. Where can the single ladies who <laughs> are excited from your share and all the other fans of the podcast reach us? All the links are in the show notes. Find us on all the streaming platforms, social media, Instagram, Facebook, jeffmillercoaching.com. Send us all of your comments, uh, suggestions, any topic, topic suggestions. We love it. Keep it coming. Like, share, follow us, please. Appreciate your support. And brother, I will see you on the next one. Sounds good. Thank you for checking out this episode of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. And if you got some value today, please subscribe and share, and we'll see you on the next one.